Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the Word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to everyone's conscience in the sight of God. And even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of darkness, made His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that His life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you. In His presence, all this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly, we are wasting away. Yet inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This is the word of the Lord. That was 2 Corinthians 4. Let's pray together. God, as we hear your word this morning, give us ears to hear. As we look around us at this world 
We ask you to help us see things that we cannot see. We ask for your presence, your guidance, all the while knowing that you have already given us everything we need, which is what we carry around in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. I have a weather app on my phone that popped up on the morning of October 1st and greeted me with these exact words. This autumn day will be filled with sunshine. I think that was a poetic way of saying, it's October, but it's still going to be really hot. (laughs) Finally this week, we got some relief. Rest for our souls. Glory be. Sometimes you need the hard thing said softly, with beauty, with a heart towards truth and meaning and possibility, the tough things said softly, suffering and beauty. This autumn day will be filled with sunshine. I think that's what's going on in 2 Corinthians 4, in these jars of clay. The jar is under pressure, but it still manages to be a jar. And we latched onto that image a long time ago, and we like it. This is probably not the first time you've ever heard of the biblical image of the clay jar. We carry around with us this treasure This salvation of Jesus and everything that means, the grace and mercy and forgiveness, we carry around all of this in a jar of clay. That's so much prettier than saying what may have been on Paul's mind when he wrote that, we are just a bunch of beat-up crackpots. (laughs) We carry around this treasure in jars of clay. That's just so much lovelier. So I heard someone say one time, and it struck me, Juliet could have walked out onto the balcony and sighed. Hey, Romeo, where are you at? But it's so much lovelier to hear her say, Wherefore art thou... Romeo, the tough things said softly, suffering and beauty. We are crackpots. We carry around this treasure in jars of clay. Please think about something with me for just a moment. What if we somehow woke up one day and had a direct revelation from Jesus? Not some preacher, not reading something that continues to speak to us, but something that we've heard before. I'm talking direct revelation, right? So just use your imagination for a minute. Have a willing suspension of of disbelief. Just what if, and it was beyond a shadow of a doubt, this was actually a direct revelation from Jesus that went something like this. You have 10 years, and I'm taking y'all home. 
Everything finishes. You've got 10 years. If given that kind of revelation, what would we spend our time doing? What kind of people would we be? What would we emphasize in this church, for example? What would our meetings be like about this church? You know, what would our planning be one year, five year, ten years from now, if given that kind of revelation? The ten-year one would be pretty easy. You know, but what about five years from now, if we had that kind of revelation? And then I guess we have to ask, shouldn't the answers to those questions at least be a part of what we talk about the most now? Because really when you think about it, is there that big of a difference between 10 years, 50 years, 100 years? Is there really that big of a difference? And whatever the answers are to that particular question, you got 10 years, what's your church going to be? What are you going to emphasize? Aren't the answers to those questions, if we're giving 10 years or an uncertain time, aren't those supposed to be the same? Shouldn't what we emphasize, what we talk about, what we dream about, be exactly the same no matter what the timeline is? This is Jesus, after all, making these kinds of promises. Jesus' beautiful promise that we hear in Matthew 11. And you heard it a minute ago when David read it earlier in the worship service, right? And this is one that many of you may have heard before. But if you're just hearing this for the first time, I'm so jealous. I'm so jealous. I wish I could hear this again for the first time. I remember sitting in Miss Martin's 10th grade English class, and she played Stairway to Heaven for us. And it was the first time I had ever heard it. And I will never forget that moment. And I wish that I could go back in time and sit there in Miss Martin's English class on the second floor of South Grand Prairie High School in 10th grade and get to do that again, but I'm never going to get to do it again. And so if you're hearing this for the first time, Jesus saying, Come to me, all you weary and tired souls, and I will give you rest. I wish I could hear that again for the first time. Because truth is, hearing it for the hundredth time, and no offense to Jesus, I love Jesus, I'm a big fan, but hearing it for the hundredth time, it just doesn't have the same punch. And that's nothing on Jesus, that's my fault. I'll admit it right away, that's my own fault. But I want to be able to, what we were talking about a few weeks ago, the Japanese virtue of beginner's mind. What if we could just kind of, okay, I have heard it all before. I have seen it all before, at least I think so. But just hearing it fresh. Jesus saying to us, direct revelation for the first time, like we were there when Jesus said it the first time, come to me, you weary people. You feel weary sometimes? I don't know how you could live in the world today and not feel weary all the time. You know, I'm just, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. You ever feel that way? Certainly I'm not alone in this, right? Y'all say amen or right on or something. You sick and tired of being sick and tired? You feel it? I mean, that 
to me, it seems, is a prime candidate for being able to actually hear Jesus saying, Come to me, all you who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Come to me. And this, this is where this comes alive and comes new. Come to me, everybody in 2019 who you're just feeling weary. And Jesus says, I'm going to give you rest. You know why Jesus said that? It goes all the way back to the people walking around in the desert. You know, and this may be more than you wanted to hear, but it actually has roots. You go way back to places when the people are walking around in the desert, and what God promises them is that one of these days, you're not going to have to walk around in the desert and eat the same thing day after day. You're going to get to go into the promised land, and you know what you're going to have in the promised land? Rest. So, when a song like Psalm 95 was written, and it says, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before Him with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and song. You know, the old like youth group song from the 80s and 90s. The thing about that is, is that Psalm 95 has a second half. And the bad news of Psalm 95 are those who don't sing, those who don't latch on to God. And you know what God says about those who just aren't open to coming and receiving this rest from God? He says, they will never enter my rest. That's like the worst thing that you could hear in all the Bible. They will never enter my rest. Because what did the people want the most? They wanted the same thing you want. You're walking around in the desert. You're in exile out of Jerusalem, some place out in Babylon. You ever been to Babylon? I'm talking about the real one. Trust me, you've been to Babylon. Or 2019 now. Same thing. Nothing has changed. Not a thing has changed. It doesn't matter if you're in the desert sitting on the edge of the promised land. It doesn't matter if you're in the promised land, in Babylon, on the other side of the cross, right here, right now, we're all feeling the same thing. Any time in history, I'm tired. I'm weary. My soul is at times worn out. And then Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. That's the treasure that we carry around with us in these clay jars. And it would be exactly the same no matter what. You know, maybe we wouldn't be so worried all the time about the clay jar if we kept our eyes focused on the treasure. And maybe that treasure includes, I will give you rest for your tired souls. What if we focused 100% of our attention on what's on the inside? on this treasure that we carry around. You hear what I'm saying? When I was a little boy, one of my step-granddads in Burnett, Texas, had a barn. And I loved going and playing out in the barn. Most of the time I was by myself. And there was just all kinds of things to find in the barn. But for whatever reason, he had one of these work tables 
you know, like you find in garages and barns and places like that, this, this kind of homemade wooden work table. And there were tools scattered all over it and dead bugs and all kinds of stuff that you would find in a barn. But there was a collection. And to this day, I mean, he's, he's long gone, but, so I can't ask him. But to this day, I have no idea why he had all of these... Um, like old baby food jars and Miracle Whip jars and, you know, old bottles all around. He just had all this stuff. And some of the baby food jars had things like nails and washers and things that I had no idea what they were. But I thought, this, this is kind of cool. You know, of course, a little boy out in a barn. This is cool. So I grabbed one of the Miracle Whip jars and I just started putting stuff in it. I don't know why, I guess it's because he put stuff in jars and I found an empty jar and I was like, well, I guess you're supposed to put stuff in it. <laughs> why not? So the first thing I put in it was dirt because that's what was all over the place in a barn. So grab a handful of dirt, put it in the jar. And then I opened some of the baby food jars and took out some nails and threw them in there and then, you know, some of the dead bugs and the frog and just all this stuff, just start stuffing it in the jar put the lid back on the jar and just kind of carried it around with me. You know, I remember some of my people asking, what are you doing with the jar? I'm like, I don't know, carrying it around. Why are you carrying it around? I don't have any place to set it down. Just carrying around this jar full of stuff. And for whatever reason, that day... It just, it meant something. I don't know what it meant. I mean, who's to say what goes through the mind of a little boy out in a bar with an old Miracle Whip jar full of dirt and, you know, bugs and nails and who knows what. But it was mine that day. And I carried it around and it was, I guess, to the mind of a little boy precious. And I guess when you look back on it, it wasn't the jar that was so special to me. It was what you know, kind of just gathered up inside. And I've been thinking about that jar for weeks, getting ready for this morning, because I knew that this sermon was about the clay jar. And thinking if, if one of the things the Word of God does is that it tells us that we carry around this treasure in clay jars... We get caught on the image, right? Because it's a beautiful image. I, I'm, I'm not exaggerating in this. I really think that 2 Corinthians 4 is one of the most beautiful things that Paul ever wrote. I think it's one of those beautiful chapters. Because you feel that, this language of 2 Corinthians 4. We're hard-pressed on every side. You ever feel that? Well, you're not crushed. You know, so there's... There's these, these images that go back and forth, perplexed. You ever feel perplexed these days? When you look, you know what perplexed means? It means you look at something and you say something like, that beats all I ever saw. Or, I can't believe that I am seeing this. I can't believe this is real. You ever feel that? How could you possibly live in 2019 and see stuff and not go. This can't be real. That's perplexed. I'm perplexed, but... And this is the beauty of 2 Corinthians 4. Perplexed, but not in despair. 
most of the time. Well, no, 2 Corinthians 4 says, perplexed, not in despair. That's the treasure that we carry around. But in spite of the beauty of the image of 2 Corinthians 4, and it is this beautiful image of the clay jar, we've gotten stuck on the image of the clay jar. And that's not what 2 Corinthians 4 is about. It's not about the clay jar. It's about the treasure inside the jar. And we get caught up with this in church. I've been doing the whole professional Christian thing now for almost 30 years. And I've seen it throughout this, this weird ministry life that I live. I've seen it over and over again that we start putting focus on the jar when what we need to be focusing on is what's inside the jar. And you've seen it too. We often try to sell the jar. We think, oh, if we just decorate the jar just right, well, if we repaint the jar, the jar needs a new paint job. I bet their jar looks better than ours. You know, sometimes I wish our jar was as big as theirs. You ever get into this? And it's like, that's not what 2 Corinthians 4 is trying to teach us. It's not about the jar. It's about what's inside. It's the treasure that we carry around. That's what we need to be focused on. That's what we need to devote our lives to. The jar is not worthy of decades of attention. It's the treasure that's inside. And here's the good news. It doesn't matter if you've got a 50-gallon drum a five-gallon bucket, or an old Miracle Whip jar. What's inside is exactly the same. The treasure that's inside is exactly the same, no matter what the jar looks like, how big the jar is, whether it's old, cracked, whatever. It's the treasure inside that matters. And that's what makes us who we are. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. And you know what the rest of the verse is in 2 Corinthians 4, right? But we have this treasure in jars of clay so that it may be made clear that this extraordinary power belongs to God and does not come from us. What if we spent the next year just listening for God? No agendas, no plans, just listening. And we'll have plenty of time for making plans and strategies and mission statements and on and on it goes. Where it stops, nobody knows. But what if we spent a year just listening for God? And what if we spent a year focused on the treasure rather than on the jar. What if our vision, you're going to love this, what if our vision for 2020 is to not have a vision? What's your vision for 2020? We don't have one. No vision. What if our vision for 2020 is to just listen, to pray, to discern God's will by waiting on the Lord who speaks in places like Psalm 46? Be still and know that I am God. 
Because you know what happens whenever you start doing, you know, too much strategy and planning and meetings and vision statements and mission statements? You know what happens? I've seen it. You've seen it too. What could happen, and I'm not saying it's going to happen here, but it could happen, and it's why we probably need to spend a year just praying and just waiting on God, listening to God. Because if you don't, one of the things that happens is that kind of like a board meeting room, we go ask God to sit over in the corner like a professor, professor emeritus that we ask to like say the opening prayer and then go sit him over in the corner and we'll say, we'll, like, we'll call you when we need you. And we'd never put it that crassly, but sometimes that's what we do. We get so caught up with our own visions and missions and statements and all that, sometimes God gets left over there. Because who are we as the Lord's church, even on a day like today? Who are we that Jesus actually prayed for in the garden that we may all be one? Who are we on a day like today even entertaining the possibility that all of our focus is on the treasure of Jesus that we carry around in these jars of clay? Who are we that Jesus can transform from weary, tired, exhausted souls into the bearers of the greatest treasure that has ever been on the face of the earth? And then... Is there really anything more important than that? Is there anything more important than the treasure we carry? Whether we have 10 years, 100, or 1,000, is anything worthy of our focus? More than this extraordinary power we carry around with us all the time that belongs to God and in no way comes from us. Amen.